Have you been stressed, anxious, or worried? Have you felt pangs of loneliness in recent times? Are you longing for greater connection with others in the world around you? In a phrase, are you looking for happiness? You are not alone. Millions of others are seeking this feeling of spiritual, mental, and physical wellness too. This podcast explores the underlying causes of unhappiness and shares with us the secrets of rewriting the frequent thoughts and redirecting the common behaviors that keep us in that state. Join forensic psychologist and best-selling author Dr. Nihal and her guests as they dive deep in the realm of psychological wellness and explore ways of finding happiness on demand. Well, listeners, I've got a treat for you today. We've got Toby Goldfuss with us. And I don't know if you know about her, but this woman is prolific. I met her two years ago at the Evolution of Psychotherapy, and I was so impressed with her energy and knowledge and so excited to have her on our podcast. Toby Goldfuss is a licensed social worker. She's an approved consultant as well with the American Society of Clinical Hypnosis. She specializes in the treatment of anxiety, depression, relationship issues, among a host of other things that you can find on Psychology Today. She's also a brilliant author. The title of her latest book is uh, From Real Life to Cyberspace and Back Again, Helping Our Young Clients Develop a Strong Inner Selfie. And I think that's very important because, you know, our teens and our young adults certainly need this focus. They really need this help. One of I'm so excited to, to tell you that one of her articles just recently got accepted in the American Journal of Clinical Hypnosis. So we're dealing with a star in here, guys. Toby, it's on to you now. Tell us a little bit more about what you'd like to focus on, what nuggets you want to share with us today. Well, I, I'll share as many nuggets as I can with you, Joan. Uh, thank you for having me on. One of the things that when you were talking, I was thinking about is because you write a lot and present a lot on happiness um, and how so many young people, one of my focuses is on teens and young adults, and this applies to everybody all through the ages, um, that we are in a very disconnected world in many ways. And that for myself, in my own life, and with my clients, encouraging people to be connected in a very personal way with whoever's in their life is one of the most important things. Your listeners may or may not know know about polyvagal theory, but basically when we're in the window of tolerance, meaning we're connected to ourselves and others, we can connect and a lot of people are not in that window of tolerance they spend a lot of their time in you know the anxiety and depression and being shut down which is kind of the flight fight and freeze reactions or they feel isolated and lonely so one of those things that i was thinking about was how important it is just to really underline how your listeners can connect with anybody in a real and authentic way. Because by doing that, they're going to be more connected to themselves and others. And even pets can do that for us. And that can help us feel not alone. 
You know, you're touching on a, a, a vagal nerve for me right now because that <laughs> vagus nerve is, is getting really excited right now and thinking about what you're saying because we do have an epidemic of loneliness. And I talk about that. And okay. I, I think what you're talking about is so very important because you can be in a group of people, young adults or anyone actually, and feel that total disconnect. Can you tell mm -hmm. us a little bit more about that, Toby? Well, there's a lot of disconnect, both, I think, with social media today, and that's one area that I'm very interested in, is when people are on social media, sometimes they are just comparing themselves to others, which we call compare and despair, or they're scroll scrolling, or they've been bullied online, or they've been ghosted online, and they feel lonely and depressed. And also many people are spending a lot of time online and less time in interactions with real people. And that's sort of can be, you know, I'm not putting social media down, I use it myself, but there needs to be more of that balance between the two. In addition, I think people are being left alone a lot because other people are preoccupied as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I try to help encourage people, Joan, to be proactive. And we know that the research shows that if you post positive, for example, as an example, you can lower your anxiety and and lift some of your depression. That when and this is true in real life, if we're more passive and we wait for things to happen to us, we are going to be feeling less and less connected. So you're, you're touching on a very important point, namely uh, the need to be proactive, the need to be intentional and yes. decide what you're going to do and then do it. Mm -hmm. And that's hard for some people because some people don't have a blueprint for how to do it or what would help them. And so one way to help people understand um, how they can be more intentional is asking them what kinds of things make them feel connected. You know, I can ask myself, what makes me feel connected to others? And this can include, you know, I can say, well, when I'm having fun with friends, when I'm being outside in nature, uh, when I'm talking to some family members, and yet, if I don't initiate some of that, that's important to be proactive. Yeah, I think that's so important because with some of my clients, if they're really in that vice grip of depression, it's really hard for mm -hmm. them to comprehend connection. It is. And one important piece of that is to find a way, even a tiny way, very small, where you're having something with something outside yourself. For some people, that could be posting something positive, like I said. Yes. For some people, that could be calling somebody they haven't heard from, from a, for a long, long time. And they might say, well, I don't have anything to say. They may not want to talk because of the depression. And yet, 
you can help them do something that will connect them with another human being. Sometimes it's just encouraging somebody to go out and go to a store and talk to somebody in the you know store the storekeeper just to be out of their head. Yes, because I think that notion of being able to connect is so important. And forcing your client to do something proactive about it and then to come back and I think uh, accountability to go back to you, Toby, and say, hey, that worked or no, that didn't work. You know, just being able to say, yes, I'm going to do it and then to come back and talk to you about it. I think that accountability piece is missing sometimes when people just crawl into their shells and become very introverted. Yeah, I think some people forget how resourceful they really are. And one of the other things you and I know as, as therapists is to help people remember some things or many things they have done successfully that help them interact with others. And when you know them well, you can help them remember that, which we call um, uh, Herb ben Benson from the um Body Mind Body Institute at Harvard called it remembered wellness. Yes. So that when your resource when your resource finding in anybody, everybody's done something right. Everybody's had something in their life where they connected. And like I said, if some people some people maybe not have a lot of friends, but they might have a pet. They really is important to them. Um, they may have remember somebody from their past that meant something to them in a relationship. Yeah, and uh, just being able to recall those things, because I think sometimes when a person is feeling down, they're really good at recalling negatives. <laughs> well, you're right. Every, you know, it's easy to get into the negative trance. It's easy to get into the negative um spiral or what I call negative vortexes, you know, that if you know that you're going into negative vortex, how do I get out of that? Well, the only way to get out of it in many, many ways is just to, to find a way where you're connecting more to yourself and someone else. What can you do? And you're right, the negative trance is very powerful. And yet, Toby, the irony of what you're saying, as we both know, is that we're programmed in our DNA to be social animals. Yes, it's biological and it's evolutionary. That's what, exactly. So it's not like we're preaching something that's out of the box. We're saying this is normal, healthy, and natural to do this. Yes, it's part of our, you're right, it's part, Joan, it's part of our DNA, and it's, you know, the whole thing about it being evolutionary and biological, a, a lot of people don't understand that, that that's who, how we're made. And that's why with a, with a pandemic, it really hit us in the sweet spot. It hit, hit people very hard. It hit all of us in different ways, and many people have described all ages they became much more introverted. Yes. Even if they were not an introvert, uh, they takes more energy they energy for them to force themselves out of the house or to force themselves out. And it it's it's been a large issue for many people. But the other thing is, is that when people don't want to look at what's not working, they avoid. Mm -hmm. 
And so I encourage people to face what's going on because it, the only way we can step through it is and to get to the other side and get into that window of tolerance, as I'm saying, is to face things. If I'm less, have less energy to go outside, maybe I have to just push myself a little harder that day to do something different. Yeah. Yeah. I really like what you're saying because our listeners can gain something from this. The the notion of pushing yourself, the notion of going back into history and not just give me a litany of negatives, but give me a litany of some positives or some things that you were able to do in a situation like the one you're in right now. Exactly. And no matter I've never met anybody, anybody who hasn't had something in their lives that they were that was a positive in their life or an experience of, or something in their lives if you can search hard enough it can be found the that, negative, yeah, yeah that's so good because that's where posting makes a lot of sense and i'll tell you why i like what you said because some of my clients are really excellent introverts and the notion of me saying, uh, I want you to go out for a walk is anathema to that. That's just not on. But if I said to them, as you're suggesting, post something on social media, it isn't that big a threat. No. And make sure you add the positive. Post something positive. Well, of course. you know. Yes. And, and of course, because so many people are even just scrolling and observing and, and their passive scrollers and we all do some scrolling that's totally normal however if that's all you're doing it only increases people's isolation and i've had clients say to me well who wants to listen to what i have to say on a post and i respond you're not doing it for you you're doing it for them so think about you're lifting someone's spirit by doing this, by posting. Yeah, so, right? right, you're lifting somebody else's spirit. And at the, at the same time, the research shows you lift your own. Well, of course, but we don't tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, well, I really like that. I, I I like the idea of posting because if they just don't want to go out or they'll tell me, well, you know, Joan, it's minus 40 degrees. Okay, I get that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Do you, have, do you have arthritis in your little finger? No, well, you know. No. You can do this. Yeah. Many people that have a more active online life than we realize, and even introverts sometimes have gone to negative sites to accentuate their negative trance. I feel lousy, so I'll go or someone makes me feel worse, or, you know, I, and yet if you can encourage them to stay away from that kind of thing and go where there's, there's a lot of positive ways, places to go online and interact. Yeah. Or just, you know, from that, from the post, yeah. it's to shape their behavior so then they can go out into the real world and 
go the next step of really communicating with someone because you were talking about the disconnect and sometimes social media unfortunately creates not just bullying but also a feeling of inadequacy and uh, you know a disconnect like uh, why would I care about this person look you know that sort of exactly exactly I like to encourage everyone to step into life and if that means they have to stand up from where they are anybody that's even at home alone can stand up put their arms out and step forward as a physical feeling of stepping into something. Because we know too, Joan, that being physical and experiencing something in an experiential way makes a difference. You know, I get clients to do this, put your hand up like that and tell me how you feel because it's amazing. The research shows just doing something physical like that will elevate your mood. Right. And I have them take a step forward. <laughs> I like that. Say, I'm stepping into life. Um, the other thing is, what do people find funny? Humor is also a, a uh, antidote to depression and anxiety. If we can find things that are humorous that aren't at someone's expense and also learn to laugh at ourselves. This is also another way of feeling connected because the belly laugh releases as much um, endorphins as the relaxation response. Absolutely. Serotonin uptake occurs then. Yeah. And when you laugh, you release that feeling of self-consciousness. You know that? That's so good, you know, that you could. And it's a really neat way to connect. Right. Because you hear the joke, now I'm going to pass it on to someone else. Hey. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. Yes. And, and if you encourage people that are introverts, they've done studies on this too, where they sent out the people to into a crowd to look down, not look at anybody. Mm-hmm. And then they've sent the same group of people through the crowd to to make a conscious effort to have eye contact. So another really important part of not feeling as isolated is to use eye contact online as well as in real life. And this is really important for getting into that connection to self and others. Yes. And just that connection by making the eye contact and I say smile. See what happens. Yeah. And and use the smile. Even if it's a fake smile, fake it till you make it. Because when you smile, your body doesn't the research shows that your body doesn't know the difference. Well the mirror neurons as well, you know, will re- yeah. the other person is going to respond in kind. And exactly. That's, that's it- Sort of a neat way to get them to see things differently because they're as you said you step into the light you are stepping into the role of connecting with someone else it's so important it's what probably makes your life meaningful it makes my life meaningful is to be connected when people are saying well i don't like the way somebody's doing something or my daughter's pissing me off or she should be doing this or that i always try to come back to what how do you want to feel the most connected will that make you feel connected connection is always 
trumps everything else. Absolutely. Uh, in friendships, in uh, I would say to our listeners, if you're working, try getting that connection in the workforce too and notice how your productivity will increase. Exactly. And quotient goes all the way up. Hmm? I agree with you totally. And I like that. I like that. Yes. And, you know, happiness is in the eye of the beholder. What makes you happy and what makes me happy and what makes someone happy is is all unique. And it's important that we as therapists understand what would make this person feel or have the experience of, of contentment or well-being or joy. And we all know that these are coming. We, we can't plan on it, but we know some ingredients that help people get there in their own unique way. I have found in my research, Toby, that when the human being experiences that connection, that sense of meaning and purpose in life, their happiness quotient increases because they have that balance between achievement and aspirations. But it's so important to get that meaning piece in place. I mean, I think of Frankel and what Victor yeah. Frankl and yeah. Victor Frankl was uh, in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, is an important book about, you know, someone who survived the Holocaust. He lost his, he was a young doctor in Vienna. He lost his family. He's in a concentration camp and he's observing what makes someone find meaning and go for the higher part of themselves, spiritual part or higher part of themselves. And what makes people give in to their basis needs. And he can remember, he wrote down a lot of image I have in my mind when he was being at, at the early, before the sun broke in the morning, a bunch of them were tied up in chains, being, being walked outside in the cold, frozen ground to dig a hole that isn't needed. And a man, and they were supposed to not talk to each other, and a man whispered to him, will you look at that beautiful sunrise? So that was an example of someone using the higher energy, the higher power, the maybe the spirituality or whatever, where the persons chose that over just, and again, that would have been a positive post in today's world. So you see, the idea is change your focus, change your lens. Okay. Yes, change your lens, yes. I like the metaphor of an ingenious survivor versus a damned victim. And we can yeah. all feel like victims. I mean, the pandemic ar arose and then all of a sudden we were, we were viewed as human pathogens. So we couldn't shake hands. We couldn't really make that connection. And yet a lot of people survived that. They transformed it into something that gave them more purpose and meaning. You're right. There are people who have found ways to transcend those things or anything in their life. And we know that in many ways it's a reframe and that it's a way to put a, like you say, a different lens. Yes, yes. And zoom in. If you have a camera, zoom in on the on that sunrise or zoom in on something that surprises you with joy. And it could yep. be a simple thing like I say, I say use your five sensory modalities. 
and, and get in touch. And if you're at home feeling depressed and you have a meal to eat, use your five senses. Appreciate what you have. Just stop, look, taste, hear. And once you get them to do that, their mood elevates as well because it's it sounds simple but it's difficult hmm? no it's very it's that's a powerful way that helps a lot of people that are in their heads a lot uh to come down and in, into the present time to be very connected to what's happening now where am i what do i see what do i smell what do i hear very powerful you're right it brings them back and more into the connection to themselves and, you know, connection with nature, too. I was thinking as you were speaking about people in their heads getting out and getting in touch with what Dasha Kelter calls awe, A-W-E, just being aware of, you, you talk about connection, connection with nature, connection with something uh, yeah. that makes you feel transfixed, transformed. Yes, and for some people, it can be any, like I said, it's very individual and, you know, being able to appreciate the universe and the power of something bigger than ourselves can make us really come into our own too. You're so right, because I'm thinking of uh, when Seligman, Marty Seligman talks about the three types of happy lives. The one that trumps them all is the one in which you're giving back. You're doing something for a higher cause, whatever it is. It could be spiritual, it could be political, whatever it is. Exactly. So important because, again, it gets you out of your ego, it gets you out of yourself to do something different. Huh? Yes, yes, yes. Um, There's a story about Milton Erickson, the father of Ericksonian therapy, that was working with a very depressed woman who had no contact, but he found out she made beautiful orchids. Oh, you and, go. yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. And he, and he had her make potted orchids and take them to a, a, I don't remember if it was a nursing home or a church or whatever, and she started growing more orchids and taking more potted plants to many places, and her depression lifted. And she had and lost her husband, and so she would read the obits and go off and yeah. do it. Yeah, I don't know why that one came to mind, but it's an example of altruism that takes you beyond yourself in a way that you don't realize when you start. But what's really neat, what Milton Erickson did there in that example uh, that I really loved, is he got her out of herself, so she started connecting with other people. He didn't say to her, I need for you to connect with people, I need for you to go out and do X. He just said, you like these flowers? How about giving some to? Exactly. And I think that's pretty powerful because it goes back to what you were talking about, Toby, the importance of uh, honoring a person's individuality. Yes, it's so, in, and that's where it's important to, so important, as you well know, is to understand and get to know and be curious, who are you? Tell me more about yourself. I want to know what's important to you. I want to hear what is meaningful to you and then you can help them in that way by entering into their mindset entering into their space yeah. you can you can tailor what you encourage them to do by what they're telling you but individuality is is wonderful because we all are different like the snowflakes or the leaves on the 
trees or whatever. Everyone is, has a little bit of a different, even though we're very similar, we're all unique. So we're coming to the end of our podcast, and you were talking, I guess, on the topic of depression. So if we could just stay with depression, mm -hmm. can you give us some nuggets that we should be taking along the way? And I'm thinking of my listeners right now. You're thinking of what? I'm thinking of our listeners, and what are yes. some nuggets you'd like to leave them with? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, own your individuality. You're a special, unique, wonderful person here in the, on the earth. Put your hands up and step into life. Like that. Yes. I like get it. it. Step it. forward. Yes. Reach out and do something in a positive way that connects you with another human being, whether it's online that would be a posting positive or in real life. Find a way. Step outside into nature or perhaps it's something else you enjoy. But we do know to be connected to yourself and others. You live in an active life. It doesn't have to be super physical. It's more about your inner activity and that you're embracing and engaging with people. So connect. Connection is all about, and remember, that's biological and evolutionary. Everyone needs that. I'd like to thank you, Toby, for taking time out of your busy life and clinical practice to share these words of knowledge and wisdom with us. I sure appreciated it, and I'm sure our listeners do as well. It was a joy to be here. I, I really enjoyed talking with you, Joan. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye now. Bye. Thank you for joining this discussion on happiness. We hope this helps to inspire you to lead a more joyful life. To dive deeper into the subject of happiness, be sure to check out Dr. Nihal's book, Happy is the New Healthy, available as an ebook or hardcover. For additional resources, visit our website at drnihal.com. Until next time, stay happy.